We, we sang them. We had programs that had these songs in them. So, Bob's going to text me five Christmas songs that we've sang this season. And over the next two weeks, just pull it up on your phone and teach these songs to your kids. They will not forget them. Are you with me? I got another assignment at the end of class, right? That's your first assignment. Learn these songs. They're, they're right there on your phone. They're, I mean, you can find everything else on your phone, plus some things you don't need to find on your phone. You can do this, amen? This means, yes, we can do this. Okay. All right, the second thing. I've never seen that slide till this morning. And, and a couple of things, so... Uh, it, it, it was a different day yesterday, but I went to I went to Locksburg. Y'all won't believe this. I went to Locksburg after dark last night. Well, y'all know if I'm out of the city limits after dark, something bad or something unusual has happened, right? So, Locksburg, they've got new uh, Christmas uh, post signs up, and I think that was one of them, and the, the toy soldier was one of them. I was really impressed with their, with their decorations. So, y'all know, you may not know, after I preached last week, you may doubt it for sure, but, but I've been studying this scripture really hard. And man, I've, I've studied and I've read lots of scripture and I've read lots of commentary. And I mean, I've, I've prayed and, I've, and you've been praying for me. I know you have. <clears throat> so, this morning... Those grace broadcasters I talked about last week that are out there in the book rack that says grace broadcaster, one of them is Christ in the Old Testament. So Jeannie had given me one of those and said, I think this goes with your sermon. So I, I read the, the one on that, that I thought was applicable to it. But uh, then this morning, I picked up another one. And so after two weeks of study, I'm reading this just two pages. And, and so the guy said... Turn to, don't do it to, this morning. It's going to be a summary, uh, your uh, assignment at the end of class. He said, turn to a particular, are y'all ready for this? Proverbs. So you can imagine how many times I've read chapter 8 of Proverbs, right? So I turned to that Proverbs chapter 8, verses 23 through the end of the chapter. And it's all about who Christ is. And I have never once seen it. So I thought, and then I come over here and that slides up. God's word is like a gold mine in California. Okay. That you never get all the nuggets out of it. But you know when, when they'd already gone through that vein once, they had to dig a little deeper when they went back, right? You'll never get all the gold out of this. Thank God. Talking about next week, things that, to be thankful for. Well, Christ is surely one of them. But how about God's Word? And, and if, if you haven't yet been able to read through the one-year Bible because it's the wrong translation, why don't, why don't you try Russ and see if he can get it in the translation you think you can use, okay? We'll do our best to get it for you. Matthew chapter 24. Man, it's been a good morning. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. It's pretty, oh, oh man, that's amazing. That uh, really and truly, uh, Jeannie, Jeannie, 
Jeannie, Jeannie and I were, we were laughing this week about, is there one Christmas song that I might be able to lead? And it didn't come right to our mind. Then y'all all know the answer to that. You couldn't lead any of them. And so Bob calls me Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon. And he says, Pastor, we're going we're gonna to be in town Saturday or Sunday, this next Sunday. And I'm thinking, Bob, you don't have to do that. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. He said, no, our circumstances have changed. We're going to be there. So we're glad God's circumstances changed. So we're, we're asking the question, and what great time of the year to ask the question, right? Whose son is Christ? And, and I can't wait for next week. It's going to be great. Deanna's going to sing a song I can't believe that some of you had never heard before. But, but it, it just, it, it, it is so good, and we're going to have such a great time next week. But, but we're looking at the passage, and really the overall title is, Whose son is the Christ? And there, within that, there's four questions, and those four questions uh, are, are in your notes. What do you think about the Christ? And I can tell you, that is a question that every one of us are absolutely mandated to think about and to be able to answer and articulate it. What do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? The third one is, how is it then that David, King David in the spirit, before Christ was literally born into the world, how did he call Christ Lord? And then the last question is, if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? So next week, we're going to look at all the gifts, all the gifts, and you think we could ever find them all? All the gifts of God to mankind. That's what we're going to look at next week. So we're in chapter 22, and next week we'll, we'll finish this up, and uh, then we're going to go into uh, chapter 23 and... Um, I look forward to that. Uh, I look forward to preaching as long as God will let me have a mind to put it together. And some of these weeks, I wonder if I've still got that mind to put it together or not, but uh, to preach God's Word. So, we had the parable of the wedding feast, and particularly we looked at the man that got into the wedding feast without uh, the proper garments. This is all in chapter 22. Then we had three questions that the Pharisees came to try to trap Jesus in. Uh, what about paying taxes to Caesar? Now, what about the resurrection and uh, some of the particulars about the resurrection? We looked at the great commandment. And isn't that, isn't that, a, great, isn't that a great teaching? And isn't, isn't it good to know that we basically have a little rule to live by? We ought to treat other people like we want to be treated. And wouldn't, wouldn't the world be a great place if we operated upon that? And who came up with that being the greatest commandment? God Almighty Himself, and it's in God's Word. It's not an opinion of man. So then we get into Matthew 21, 22, 41 through 46. Whose son is the Christ? And hopefully we're going to look at enough Scripture today. I am, I am taking the advice of an old preacher. If all, all your sermon... Uh, uh, consist of is scripture, you can't mess it up. So I'm going to try my best to prove that to be true.
true this morning. Don't forget where we're at in the life of Jesus. Don't forget where we're, we're not at His birth in the Scripture. We may be in our time of the year that we celebrate His birth, but in the Scripture, we're getting, I mean, He is within a day or two of arrest and crucifixion. You've got to remember that. And you've got to realize that it's only at this time in which it's obvious about what he's about to do that he really gets offensive in his approaching people. He goes on the offensive. He, he, uh, he's going to do some things he, he hasn't done uh, so far. So we really took all last week and looked at these five or six verses, so let's quickly go back through them. Verse 41 now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, so, so what's he talking about? Well, he just got through. This is the same day now. It's a pretty long day. Are y'all with me? This would be like uh, having a really in... I, I, just Nella came to my mind. Nella goes to work someday, and everything about AT, IT at, at the office just swarms. And so it's just one crisis, one right after the other. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That computer, how great it is until it crashes, right? So it's, it's been an intense day at work. Well, Jesus has had a very intense day. He has been attacked three different times by three different questions, really by three different people. And yet at that time, all of these people are there, right? And he sees this opportunity... And he seizes on that opportunity. You know he had to be, if this is possible, mentally and physically exhausted from the day. So they're all gathered together and he sees this opportunity. His enemies are there. His antagonists are there. And he seizes the opportunity. Wow. I'm sure that Brother Bob in the last week or so with his, uh, with his friend being sick, has probably thought in his mind all of those opportunities that he could have took that he didn't. That's just the way it is. So what, what we need to learn from this lesson today is anytime given an opportunity to speak of Jesus, we better do it because the next time they might not be there. And that goes with this lesson. Verse 42, saying, What do you think about the Christ whose son is he? Now, They have tested him about church and state. They've tested him about the future life, the commandments. But Christ, he wants to go a deeper place. He wants to be more spiritual in the questioning. And so he asked him a deeper question. And so he said, what do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. Now, where did they get that? Well, that's what was taught throughout the Old Testament, especially in Psalms 110. And we're going to look at that a little closer this morning. But he went back and he really went to a scripture that they believed. When, when you ask the Pharisees, the religious scribes and the leaders, who is Christ? What answer do you always get? The son of David. Because that's what the Old Testament now look, this is something I, I kind of picked up on this week. <clears throat> Almost every biblical figure 
in the Old Testament that we, we know of, including Moses and Samuel and David, most of them were, were called prophets. It's what was said in the Old Testament, what made them a prophet, because it prophesied about the Christ to come and the future to come. So all of these people were considered prophets. And so they believed the prophecy of the Old Testament that David... Now look, this, this, you, you can't get too literal when it says that Jesus is the son of David. Okay? Because he came hundreds of years later, right? But David was an ancestor of Christ. Christ that came from Mary. He was an ancestor. So they knew the answer to the question. He is the son of David. So he brought that to them. But then he said, they said the son of David. But they, they could not get this or would not admit this. And, and look, I don't think it's a problem. Here's what I, here's what I want you to see. If you, it, it may be in your notes. They could not. You got that word? It's not they would not. They could not confess his spiritual origin because that was a spiritual deal. In other words, we wouldn't have confessed him as Christ and the Lord if the Spirit hadn't opened up our minds and gave us that ability. Just flip back to Matthew eleven twenty-seven. You're right there, close. This is important. How did David... How did David say, the Lord said to my Lord? How did David know to make Christ Lord? It says right there in that verse, what's it say? Look at verse 44. 43. But by the what? But in the what? Spirit. Matthew eleven twenty-seven. 27. Here's the truth about all of us. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27, are you there? All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone, which would include all of us, amen, to whom the Son, what? Chooses to reveal Him. So how did David know that Christ was going to be his Lord? It was revealed to him by the Spirit. That's a gift. That's a gift to him. It's a gift of us to us. They could not confess his origin. Because you know what they're, you know what they're all about, and we're going to get into this right in the next chapter about the woes, right? The Pharisees were all about tradition and all about rules. Well, all of their tradition and all of their rules were about to go out the window. With Christ. And aren't we glad? Let me, let me ask you, how have we done with rule keeping? How did Adam and Eve do in the garden? About as well as you and I would have. How did we do after Mount Sinai? God's been gracious. I love that scripture. I'm going to do something new. And when he says that, I'm going to do something new, we ought to all get up and shout, Hallelujah! So in this text, we see Jesus affirming 
the divine inspiration of of the Scripture. In this text, we also see that we have to be awakened spiritually to be able to believe and repent. So, we also see him affirming David as a prophet. David was a, he, he was a prophet. He was the author of many of the Psalms. And, and they, they believed all that the... Y'all get this? Isn't it amazing how we can believe all what we want to believe? And we can't believe what we don't want to believe. They believed everything that prophesied about him being the son of David, but they missed, just like in chapter 8, I missed, they missed the application that it had to Jesus Christ. And we're all going to miss Jesus. Are y'all ready? We're all going to miss Jesus and split hell wide open if the Spirit of God doesn't open our hearts and minds and reveal us for who He really is. But He will answer prayer. And if you have a desire to have your heart and mind open to Christ and pray that, He will answer those prayers. David learned by the Holy Spirit what the Father said of the Son. My Lord said unto my Lord. So by the Holy Spirit, he's given the connection to Father and Son. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. We talked about this last week. That uh, surely indicates that Christ is eternal. Y'all know what that means? He has always existed. And He will always exist. And it also, this scripture, just look at that scripture. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. That made Him not only uh, a, a Savior, but that made Him an eternal King. You with me? Did David rule until all his enemies were put under his feet? No king did. I mean, the greatest of all the the rulers that you've ever heard of, they never did put all their enemies under their feet. But who will? Amen. He already has. Amen. I mean, he has defeated them all. Wow, this is a vivid picture. Uh, Matter of fact, it's so vivid, I'm not even going to do it. Literally put under his feet. He will literally... Trod upon his enemies. Now, who could do that and do it with the right spirit other than Christ? Could I? Now, kings in the past have tried it. But only Christ could do it. Verse 45, if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? How could he be Lord and his son? Listen, it was a great question. It was so great, and <laughs> look what happened. So, it shut their mouths. They didn't have an answer for it. Because anything that they said would affirm what he was trying to teach them. They couldn't go there. So, a couple of things. What he was proving to them, and it turned to us, is that Christ, are y'all ready? Christ had to be more than a flesh and blood man. He had to be both. This was the Pharisees' problem. If the Messiah was David's son, how was it that David, by the Holy Spirit, called him Lord? 
And man, I am so thankful for Scripture, and I'm so thankful for... Aren't you thankful for concordances? You go to one Scripture, and it shows you another Scripture. That's a gift. Wow, that's a gift. And not only that, but you go from, from one Scripture to the next Scripture, you go from commentary to commentary. Look at Luke 1, 46 through 47. It was a problem for the Pharisees, but it was not a problem for Mary. Look what she says in Luke 1, 46 through 47. And Mary, who are we talking about? The virgin mother of Jesus. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. Guess where Christ was at that time? In her womb. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in who? God, her Savior. Guess what she was talking about? She was talking about that baby in her womb. Where did she get that? By the Spirit. You remember when she went to see uh, Elizabeth? She told Elizabeth the news. What happened in Elizabeth? The baby, John the Baptist, leapt. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for Scripture. No one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. If the Pharisees could have denied the psalm speaking to Messiah, they could have easily answered his question. But they couldn't. Because not only did it speak of... Okay, now, they looked at the Messiah different than you and I look at the Messiah. They looked at the Messiah as an earthly king who was going to end their oppression. That's not what we're looking for, is it? We're looking for a Messiah to be the sacrifice for our sins, and because of His sacrifice and His resurrection, the Savior of the world spiritually. See the difference? And that Messiah is Christ. No one was able to answer him a word. The religious leaders of Jesus' day recognized Psalms 110 and other Psalms as speaking of the Messiah. And they didn't understand by, by their admissions of that, that the New Testament, they didn't have it yet, we do, would put the Messiah as being the Son of God, and equal with God. So Christ's question silenced them. This stopped the questioning of Jesus completely. So after preaching last week, and I'm so sad that the guy that asked me the best question is not here this morning. Uh, man, I had to go back and chew some more. And study some more. And dig a little bit more to answer some really good questions, amen? And, and hopefully, and by recording and sermon audio, the one that asked a question will get, get to hear this, and maybe it will add some clarification. So here, here's what we've got to come to grips with today that the Pharisees obviously could not come to grips with. Are y'all ready? Jesus is every bit as human as we are in his humanity 
but also he is divine. It's one of those double-headed coins that one can't do without the other. He had to be fully human. He had to be fully God. He was fully divine, fully human. Look. Will we ever completely come to grips with that? Probably not. But it's something we've got to believe. He had to be both. And His resurrection proved that He was both. So, how then is Jesus the son of David and his Lord? All right, let's look at that. You, got the, you don't even have to turn. You just got your Bible open to Matthew 20, chapter 22 in case we come back to it. Just look at your notes. I want you to look at the Scripture. What about in the beginning? Where was Christ in the beginning? Is anybody interested in that? Where was Christ in the beginning? Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God, and, and I've got it in uh, bold parentheses. I wish I had put it in uh, uh, parentheses, but not in bold, because I added the word Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Now, from my understanding, that word Elohim for God is plural in nature, which would include Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are you all with me? So where was Christ in the beginning? He was where He had always been. He was there in existence with God the Father and God the Son. He was there in the beginning. He was there with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? All right, look at Genesis 1.26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So there in verse 26, you have two plural pronouns. Are y'all with me? So who was who that? I, I asked this question on Thursday. Well, it was God and Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve weren't created yet. Well, it was God and us, people, not created yet. In the beginning, before creation... And so, most of the time, if you've got four or five there, somebody will have enough teaching to say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, in chapter 1 of the Bible, I believe we see where Christ was. He was there with God in the beginning. Matter of fact, He'd been there spell. Because <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if the right word's going to come to me. In, t- in eternity past, way back, Before creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit planned all of this. We don't have a timetable for it, do we? But way back there, you've got to remember now, there's no linear time with God. Everything with God's in the present, right now. Because that's where He's operating, right? Right now. And look what it says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and They talk about man now, the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Catechism question says, uh, who is God? Question number nine. God is a spirit and has not a body like man. Now, you kind of got to get that because if you don't get that, you'll have a... And it's important. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Right? When the, when, the, 
when the Bible says God, you need to think in your mind, was that Father, Son, or Holy Spirit? Because the general answer is what? God, or the general answer maybe would be Jesus. And I think it helps our understanding to, to particularly who know who that is. Look at Genesis 3, 8, and 9. Now, you've got to remember that this is right before Genesis 3.15. And Genesis 3.15 is called the Proto-Evangelium, the first time that Christ is mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with that, but I think there's other places that we can see him beforehand. And this being one of them. All right, now God is a what? Spirit and has not what? A body like, right, you got that? You got that little picture now? All right, now hang on to that. Now go to chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord God doing what? So that person had a what? A physical body. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God. I mean, somebody was physically there, right? Who'd that have to be? Christ. Now, preacher, how in the world could that be? He's not even born yet. That's the same problem the Pharisees had. Christ is eternal. This is one of many, big word, doesn't mean much, pre-incarnate, appearances of Christ. This is a time that he came to earth, got sent by God before his physical birth. That click with anybody? Okay. Look at Genesis 3.21. And the Lord God did what? Made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. If there was any physical making going on, I, I think about, uh, this had to, well, it didn't have to take any time with God, but it would have took me and you in a minute to have killed a lamb, prepared the, the hide, the skin, for it to become clothing for somebody, right? Are y'all with me? We had a lamb. The lamb was, Killed, and the clothing or the skin was prepared to be clothing for Adam and Eve. I believe that was Christ. Then look at Genesis 18.10. This is just what I saw as uh, the next obvious one. This was when uh, Abram was at Mamre and uh, Sarah was without child. And so here's what happened. The Lord said, so uh, three people appeared to Abraham. And this is what was said. The Lord said, so somebody was here on earth, right? At Mamre. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah and your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Who was that? It was Christ. So I want you to see that Christ has always existed. He is, are y'all with me? He is just as eternal, past and future, as Father and Holy Ghost. Eternal. 
All right, now, that's the Old Testament, right? What about the New Testament? Have you ever connected chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 1, and chapter 1 of John, verse 1? Look at what it says there. In the when? In the what? In the beginning. This is not at the beginning of the New Testament. This is in the beginning. Now, the parentheses and not bold is my addition. I want you to understand that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It is no violence to this Scripture to say, in the beginning was the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was God. Now this is where the Jehovah Witnesses try to throw a little uh, kink in your beliefs. They add to that Scripture, a God. A God. I'll tell you who this was. It was Christ. And He was there in the beginning. All right, go down to John 1, 3. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. All things were made through the Son. And without the Son was not anything made that was made. Adam and Eve. Adam, not Eve. We, we could talk about who was the great surgeon at the taking of the rib and creating the woman. You know, we could, we could talk about that. But if somebody came to earth and reached down and got a handful of the dust, which one was that? That was Christ. Because God is spirit and has not a body like man. Have I convinced you yet from God's Word that Christ is eternal? He has always existed along with Father and Holy Spirit, and He will always exist. Is this not a foundation of who we are as Christian people? John 1, 14. Wow, you talk about a great scripture. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. And the Son became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we've seen His glory. Glory is the only Son. He was the unique and only Son of God. And He came from the Father full of grace and truth. You know, that's how, how can He come from the Father when He's one with the Father? Well, just like He came to earth in the pre-incarnate form, right? He came from who? The Father. So... Are you convinced that the Son of God is both fully God and fully man? Okay, so the question goes back. Who, Son, is Christ? Now, do you think he would ask this question of the Pharisees who really hated him and the scribes and religious leaders and not ask it of you? So, y'all listen to me. I may give you an assignment. I already gave you one today. I've already forgot what it was. You have two, so don't laugh at me, okay? So, so uh, if he's going to ask these guys this question, is he not going to? Is he not going to ask me and you? What do you think about the Christ? And let me what that. Let me tell you what that would require: an audible, intelligent reply. Now. If you've got to study it till you make it rote, so be it. 
You need to be able to answer the question. Your kids are begging you to answer the question. But some, oh, are we not lazy? Are we not easily distracted? Can we not easily do the things that we got no business having the time to do anyway? It takes some what? Some work. You got to think about it. I, I, that's one reason I love, I love the uh, acronyms. I love that acts in prayer. A C T S adoration, confession, thanksgiving. I love it. I love the seven C's of history because once you once you kind of get those down in your mind, you can walk people through what you believe. But you got to work at it a little bit. You know, the only thing that comes naturally for me and you is sinning. <laughs> it's just our nature we got from Adam, amen? The rest of it, the spiritual things, if God didn't enable, would never happen. So, I'm probably going to quit here pretty quick, so y'all just take a deep breath. And don't want to get Pablo too used to less than 40-minute sermons, but maybe we've had about all we can stand. So, what I've established, I want to, I want to look at uh, in our Matthew text. Through the lens... I want us to look at this scripture that we're talking about, Matthew 22, 41 through the 46, through the lens that Christ is fully God and fully man. All right, will that help us with this scripture? All right, let's read the scripture. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. Now, let me ask you, can we go further than that? Verse 43 said to them, How is it that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? Can you answer that question yet? I, I think you ought to be able to. I think this is an expectation that we ought to be able to do this, and we're going to try to answer these questions next week. How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, in the Spirit, now that's important. If you want to understand spiritual things, you're going to have to look at God's Spirit and you're going to have, I'm sorry, God's Scripture, and you're going to have to ask the Spirit to help you. That's why it's futile for me or any other preacher to prepare to preach and not to pray that if it doesn't go forth with power and anointed by the Spirit, it will have no effect. The Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God and what we're talking about today is spiritual matters. So we've got to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit of God. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more. So what we're trying to do is figure out how to answer these questions. All right? So the question is, 
How is, is Jesus the son of David? Now, we're talking about lineage-wise, ancestor-wise, how is David the son of Jesus? I'm sorry. How is David the father of Jesus Christ? How is that the case? Amen? Is that not what we're talking about? All right, so look at Genesis 49.10. The scripture says, The scepter that the king was given shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be all obedience of the people. So David is going to have a man. Are you with me? A man, a physical man on the throne forever representing his kingdom. All right, look at 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 17. Talking about the death of David. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. Is this pretty clear? It's it. Do you not have that scripture? You should have that scripture. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your what? Body. And I will establish his kingdom. It's kind of like the Proverbs scripture. When you read that Proverbs scripture with that in mind, you can't miss Jesus. But if you don't read that Proverbs scripture with this scripture in mind, you'll miss it. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be... To me, a son, when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes and the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, when we get to a throne being established forever, it's got to leave the realm of a human man and go to somebody that's eternal. In accordance with these words, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. So we know David was a prophet. He was a prophet of the coming Messiah. Now, are there many other texts that speak of David having someone of his ancestry on a throne forever? There are. And you, can, you, can, you can look those out as you want to. Now... We need to look at this through the Psalm Scripture. We need to look at this through some Scripture in Acts. And we need to look at this through some Scripture in Romans, which obviously we don't have time to do this morning. But we're going to figure out how to do that. And we're going to figure out how to get from here to next week. So, so let me just ask you this question. I, I think this is... Uh, that we can't answer this morning with, with where we're at. Are you fully convinced that Christ is fully and eternally God and that He is God come in the flesh? All right, now, so we, we looked this morning from eternity. He has been there in the activity of creation. Y'all with me? He was what? He was there. 
Throughout the Old Testament, He was there. We know that He he came, right? He lived. He died. But what we haven't looked at yet, that we need to look at, is He's not in the tomb, but He has been what? Y'all with me? What? He's been what? All right. And the Scripture says, this fully proclaims and establishes Him as the eternal Son of God. And we'll look at that. Now, not only has He been resurrected, somebody say amen, but He is sitting where? At the right hand of the Father on a eternal throne. That the only reason that He's going to vacate that throne is to come to earth for a period of time and become the judge. So, you've got the notes and you can go back and pick up where I quit. And you can see all this promised out, uh, especially in that Psalms 110 Scripture. But next week, we're going to do our best to find a way to celebrate Christmas the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and maybe be able to begin to answer these four questions. So look at the last three scriptures that I want you to think about that maybe will help us. Matthew sixteen fifteen. this was a question asked of Peter. He said to him, who do you say that I am? You know what Peter replied? Uh, all right, so... All right, listen. You know what the question is? And the question is, but who do you say that I am? Can you answer that question? Matthew twenty-two forty-two that we're at today, saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. Now let me ask you, could you explain that in the physical sense? But could you go a step further? Don't you think that's what Jesus wanted in this passage? He didn't just want them to see him as the, an ancestor of David, the son of David. What did he want? What's he want us to do? To see him as the eternal son of God. And then one that, Someone pointed out to me a week or so back. Pilate said to them, it's another question you got to, it's one thing for you to read it. It's another thing for me to read it. But what are you going to do when, what are you going to do when you're asked by an almighty God this question? What shall I do with Jesus who's called Christ? Who asked that question? Pilate? Huh? He didn't do what he needed to do with Christ, did he? Can we ask, answer that question? What am I going to do with this person called Christ? Dear Lord, I thank you for the patience of this people. I thank you for the Word of God. And I pray, dear Lord, that as we celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that uh, we would appreciate more than uh, Christ coming.
coming as a baby in a manger, we would surely understand that there's more to it than that. And I pray that wherever I am or the newest believer in here might be, that somewhere between his eternity past and his eternity future, we might see Christ and see the importance of him coming in the flesh, being fully God and fully human, understanding what he had to do in the flesh, understanding that he had to live the life that I couldn't live and to do the things that I couldn't do, to die on the cross for my sins, our sins, to be put in the tomb and be resurrected. He's ascended to glory, and he's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. So I pray that wherever we might be, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we could think about it, we could meditate upon it, and we might ask the questions that might be asked of us that we need to answer knowing that all of the answers come in and through Christ Jesus and his work on the cross. So I thank you for the day. I thank you for, the Je- I thank you for Jesus and in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. So write down on your, uh, on your